0: What a morning. What a morning of worship, of just experiencing God's presence and hearing testimonies and stories. Kumalo, that that just one moment with the King and our lives are changed. One encounter with Jesus and we are different. And uh, Julia's word, for those of us who are worrying we are called to set our minds and set our hearts on things above. We are called to set our minds on Jesus and to follow Him. And there might be lots of trials and tribulations and, and tricky waters even in that. But God promises that He will never leave us and never forsake us. And He's always with us. So we are in Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 9 is an amazing chapter. It's a very long chapter. He sends out the disciples in the beginning. He feeds 5,000 people. And then uh, in verse 18, we read, Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others said, Elijah, and others said, the one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, and this is where Peter answers, but who do you say I am? And he says, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. And so Peter has the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus goes on to tell him, tell the disciples he's preparing, he's on the road to to Jerusalem, he's on the road to his death, so he's starting to prepare him for this death. And in verse 21, he says, And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed on the third day. And the third day be rose, be, be raised. And then he said to, to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man... And then there's carries on in chapter nine, and he and he goes up uh, the mountain. There's a transfiguration that happens. Comes back down from the mountain, and Jesus heals the boy with the unclean spirit. Again, Jesus foretells uh, his death. So this this chapter is packed with with uh, great stuff. And I would challenge you and all of us. To, to just read this over and over in this coming week. Read chapter 9. Then they have this argument about who's the greatest in the kingdom of God. And, uh, and Jesus just says, it's, who's the least among you? He always talk, talk to little children. So we see little Alaric here. Who's the least amongst well, Alaric is, But he's the greatest in the kingdom of God because he trusts the mom and dad. And then uh, he sends the disciples ahead and they, go to, they were going to go to a town in Samaria and, they, and they, uh, the Samaritans didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. The Samaritans reject Jesus. And then in verse 57, just a few more verses, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay down his head. Then to another he said, Follow me. But he said, Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead leave leave the leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, but let me first go and say, cheers. Let me go and say farewell. Let me go and say goodbye to those who are at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So those last few verses, it's about following Jesus. It's the call to discipleship. It's the call to walk with Jesus. And when I look at Jesus and his response to those people, few people who say, I- I'll follow you. And he reads their hearts and he says, no, no, they, they, but they've got to go and do something. But. And so Jesus' response is harsh. Often, if you read the scriptures, he's very tough, very tough. I think Greg was sharing with me on yesterday that John Piper did a little ex- exercise, and he wrote tough things. wherever' it's tough TT, wherever there's something tough in the margin, and then we enter anything that was gentle, he put GT. And there were not many uh, gentle things. It was mostly tough. The call of God, the call to follow Jesus, is a call to lay down your life, It's a call to lay down my life. So I'm going to have a look at today what it means to be a disciple, and there are three things I'd like to open up today. Firstly, it'll mean setting new priorities. We need new priorities in our lives. Did I say secondly, or firstly? Firstly, secondly, it means finding a new identity, and thirdly, it means living a new mercy. All those three people are eager to follow Jesus. But Jesus responds by knowing their heart, by looking at what they are saying and their butts. And so there's three responses. Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have any place to lay down His head. I think what he was trying to discern, yeah, he was discerning an attitude underneath of this, this, this maybe this follower didn't understand the cost of following Jesus. Was the, if, you, if you were going to follow the Messiah, you are going to follow, follow Jesus, well, you would have a nice home and you would have nice comforts. They didn't realize that the Messiah was the suffering Messiah. The Messiah, Messiah came to lay down his life for you, to lay down my life. And we are called to lay down our lives for each other. So what he's saying to the disciples here, what he's saying to the people who are wanting to follow, follow him, he's saying, I'm a savior that saves by being condemned by one who gets arrested, by one who dies on the cross. And he's challenging you and me, he challenges me as I've been working on this probably for about a month. He's challenging me in in, in our homes and our comfort. Am I willing to put Jesus before all that stuff? Am I willing to lose everything for Jesus? He lost everything for you. He lost everything for me. The second and third guy were, comp- were concerned with their families. Their families, uh, and one said, uh, let me go and bury my father. And he's very harsh. He says, let the dead bury the dead. And, I, and you think, how do the dead bury the dead? And reading in the commentary, it's, it's probably more along the lines, let the spiritual, spiritually dead bury the, bury the dead. But you've got to go and preach the gospel. You've got to go and preach the good news. Another one, he said, I just want to go and say goodbye to my family. I mean, all these sound so good and so reasonable. And I'm sure if anybody said that they wanted to... Be part of the discipleship program here and follow. I pray, yes, go and bury the dead. Go, go and say goodbye to your, your dad. But first. They said, but first, but me. It was, about, it was a little bit about them. So the, the, the key for your life and the success of our, our lives today is that our priority before anything else Before our money, before your career, before your family, before your father, the Lord is saying, the priority is Jesus. And so he's saying, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. It's not a good thing to look back. What happened to, who was the lady who was turned into salt because she looked back? So what Jesus is simply saying here in these few verses is saying for you to be fit for the kingdom, your life has to be focused on Jesus. Nothing else can compete for first place in your life. Nothing else. If If something else is competing for first place with Jesus, it has become an idol in your life. even though some of those things are really good that we do and we put first. And so Jesus is to be your Lord and He's to be your Savior. Not just our Savior. We, we want a Savior. We're really happy with the Savior because we get into a lot of trouble and a lot of mess. And we always have to be, to be putting our hand up and, Lord, save me. And that's part of the whole process. But the other part is he's meant to be Lord. So we're meant to be following him and walking in his steps and going with him. And so we have a new priority. This is a wonderful little illustration. So my name, my surname, I'm Alan Blackman. That's the name which I've been given. I think black man from, it's very strange being a white man. But I think it has to do with England and uh, chimney sweeps and so maybe my my ancestors were were, were not royalty but they were chimney sweeps because they were black. If I come to your house and I knock on your door and you open it and you see me uh, standing in the door and you say come in Alan." But stay out, black man. My name doesn't really work politically uh, correct in this, in this illustration. But that's my name. It's a bit of a problem because I can't separate my, my name. My name... Uh, I'm all Alan Blackman. It's not the top half of me is Alan, the bottom half is Blackman. Or the half, that half is, 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 is Blackman and that half is Alan. It's all Alan. If you won't have black man, you won't get Alan. And if you won't have Alan, you won't get black man. To say to Jesus to come into my life and take away my sins, to answer my prayers and do this for me and do that for me, but he is not the absolute Lord of our lives, is a problem. Because he is both Savior and Lord. So when we invite Jesus into our life, He's not just our Savior, He's our Lord. And because He's our Lord, he, we have to follow Him. We are under a new management. We have a new CEO in our lives. We have, a, we have a, a, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He comes and lives in us. It's just incredible. If you go out, and some people have been, the uh, alcocks and the Shrivers went to Namibia and they were out in the, in in the bondoks. Or what, and, and they would have looked up in the sky and there's no lights for anywhere and there's the, the, the galaxies must have just been amazing and beautiful and, and when you look up the sky but, but it makes you feel so insignificant so small and how big and how great God is and that's the God that we serve he's a great God, he's a big God So we have a new priority. Number one, you and I have a new priority today. And the priority is is following Jesus, is putting Jesus first. The second thing you and I have today, we have a new identity. So it's not just a matter of waking up tomorrow morning and saying, I have my willpower, I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and spend three hours in the Word and then I'm going to worship and then then I'm going to go to work and then I'm going to come back and I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in my own strength. Jesus gives us a new identity, a new ability to do what you and I are meant to do. And and how does that happen? It happens by us losing ourselves. And so in uh, Luke he says, Nine, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It sounds like Jesus is setting a new priority in this, in this story here. But it's not necessarily the word life here is not physical life. It's the word he uses is a, is a Greek word and it's psyche, it's self. We have to lose ourself. And we live in a modern world in which it's all about self. Like everything is about self. You go to even the Christian bookstores and you'll go and you'll see a lot of books and it's about self. When Jesus said we had to lose ourselves to find ourselves. And we see uh, the, the Eastern, Eastern, uh, Eastern approach to uh, self is you know, the Buddhist approach where uh, you lose all sense of your individual, your individual self. You become part of the whole thing as this kind of peaceful, peaceful f- uh, existence. And the Western world says you find yourself by finding your deepest desires and trying to fulfill them. The problem with this is our deepest desires change. And so we are a bit schizophrenic very often. And so we find ourselves, trying to find ourselves, but losing ourselves, as Jesus said. Jesus is saying you will never find yourself by finding yourself. <laughs> Sounds Irish, eh? So how do you and I normally, in the, in, particularly in the Western world, how do we find ourselves? In this world, we get our identity from our careers, from our family. Uh, think of I don't know, just think of anything else that, that, that you have gone after. None of those things are wrong ordinarily in themselves because we do have to, we, God puts us in family. He loves families. He's after the orphans. He wants all people to be in the family, in the family of God. But all those things are pretty unstable that we put our hope in if they're not on Jesus. Jesus is the rock on which we build our foundation. Because if you read the news and you watch what's happening in the world and you see the stock exchanges and you see Brexit and uh, all the stuff that's happening, it's enough to, uh, Julia, Yeah, it's it's easy to get worried. So if we put our faith and our hope in our bank balances, in our, in our businesses, in our, in our security, in our, in our homes that we have, then we putting them on sta- unstable ground and it's, there's a shaking happening at the moment in the world. And the world is being shaken, the church is being shaken. So for you to have stability in your life, for me to have stability in our life... We have to put our faith in the rock. Jesus is the rock. So we have a new priority. We have a new identity. Jesus comes and gives us a new identity. He comes and lives in us. He doesn't leave us as orphans. What does he say? He comes and he gives us the Holy Spirit to come and walk in us and walk, 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 walk the walk that he walked. Because we have Holy Spirit living in us we become new creations a, look at this beautiful bunch beautiful bunch of people. all of you are new creations. If Jesus is, is, is your Lord and savior you you are a new creation. I am a new creation, and I want to start living in that and that 's the third point that he gives us the, first, the second point is that he that we uh, have a new identity, but then we can live a new mercy, we can live in a new way. So these disciples, they were on the, uh, in in this story in Luke chapter 9, they go to Samaria and they try to arrange things and the Samaritans don't want anything to do with Jesus. So they think, huh, good idea, what are we going to do about this? And they've just been with um, the transfiguration, and it was Elijah, Moses, and Jesus. So they think, ah, oh, we remember Elijah. He was this amazing prophet. That when everybody got in his way, he called down fire and destroyed the people. He was a fearsome, fearsome prophet. And so they decide, that's what we're going to do. Jesus, little Christ has rejected me. Has rejected you. What are we going to do? We're going to call down fire. On Hillcrest is is toast now. And that's not the kind of Messiah that Jesus was. Fire uh, in the scriptures mostly has to do with uh, judgment. The judgment of God. Fire, Fire is called down. And so he rebukes his disciples. He says, "You don't know who are you, of which you, who you're of. That's not. That's not who I am. Life is different. We're not going to call down fire. We, we, we kind of bless. If you remember in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, so they're coming to arrest Jesus, and uh, Peter cuts off the air, like it's lying on the floor here, and he quickly and he puts it and he puts it back and heals him." That's the the God that we serve. We serve a God of mercy, a God of grace. Why? Why do we serve a God of mercy and a God of grace? Because He took the fire of God on Himself that you and I should have experienced. He took your judgment, He took my judgment. And this needs to move our hearts. Because it's so amazing and so powerful and the the fuses in my brain are, 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 are going here. And what does he say from the cross? When the soldiers had just finished with a hammer and nails and they hammering the nails through his through his ankles and through his Hand and bones have been broken and, and it's, it's pain and it's, what does he say he could have called down fire he could have called, called down all the all the angels and they could have rescued him and taken off the, off the face of the earth he could have blotted out the Romans he said father forgive them because they do not know what they are doing Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. He did it because He loved you. Because He loved me. Jesus' blood paid the, re- the ransom. We now can meet the judge unafraid. We can enter His presence unafraid because Jesus paid the price. I was reading somewhere this beautiful picture of when they came in the Old Testament. They bought a sacrifice for their sins. And the sacrifice was burnt what was the key to the sacrifice? What did the sacrifice have to be? Perfect, without spot or wrinkle, without blemish. Jesus is our sacrifice, without spot or wrinkle, without blemish. He, ta- he took our sins. All, we ha- all, we, all in the Old Testament, all they had to do was bring the, the lamb or the, or the dove, depending on, on your status in life. It had nothing to do with, with me getting right or trying to be good or, or trying to. It, it was, that's what we did. We come, to, we come to Jesus and we come just as we are. You and I come to Jesus just as we are. And I think one of the things the Lord is putting on my heart, and partly, don't get discipled by a jockey, but uh, part, of, part of it is repentance. Just going and, and, and walking and just going to God and, 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 and repenting. And, and I, I know that this week sometime I need to spend maybe a day just going off over, over what I've done, what I've done wrong and just asking the Lord for forgiveness. And in some of those issues I might have to come to some, some people if the Lord puts it on, the Holy Spirit lays it on my heart. To ask for forgiveness. You and I, we can't change our identity without a radical experience of Jesus. An encounter of Jesus. Kamala, you had an encounter of Jesus this year, yeah, last week. Your life has changed. Your demons, you've been delivered from your demons, you, you've seen Jesus. I need to see Jesus, you need to see Jesus every moment of the day. Because we need to experience His His grace and His love. Only when you you experience love from God will you be changed. And that's why we have to keep focus on the cross. We have to keep focus on when we break bread, we should be breaking bread as families much more than we do. Because that's is what is important. So I want to live a life which reflects Jesus as I follow Him, as I walk in Him, as I walk with Him, as I've been transformed, as I'm changed from glory to glory. And hopefully you want to do that as well. So He gives me a new heart. He gives me a heart which is after Him. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart and my heart, and it needs to be let out. His love needs to be let out. Discipleship today is not an option. Following Jesus is not an option. It's a commandment. Come, follow me. It's a journey. And it's a journey to death. Death to self. Jesus set out on the journey. and he journey, His journey was to Jerusalem. And he died. He died on the cross. I've got lots more, but I think... We just need to be challenged today. And the call of God on each of us. The call is follow me. The call is come and die. Die to self, find yourself as you die. Jesus doesn't say, if you follow me, I will go to the cross for you. He says, I am going to the cross, so follow me. Let's pray. thank you Jesus thank you for your call on our lives thank you you've called us to follow you you've called us to have new priorities you have given us new life and so today if you want to Follow Jesus. Wherever that may go, I want you to stand and I want you to declare, Lord Jesus. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. I thank you that you died for me. I thank you for your call on my life. And today, I make a decision that I will follow you wherever you may go. That I will walk with you And you will walk with me. So I thank you. For a journey. A journey of laughter. A journey of pain. A journey of joy. A journey with you. We thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You strengthen us. So I walk with you. I commit that today. And I ask you, Lord, to help me every step of the way. Amen.